Welcome to the OptiForm podcast. Today we have Miss Samantha Altieri. What's going on, uh, Samantha? Hey, how's it, go- how's it going, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so the OptiForm podcast is um, about bringing you guys value with your fitness goals through bringing on high-level coaches and talking about either fitness or nutrition, supplementation, all that kind of stuff. Um, and today, um, what we'll do is I want to you know, introduce Samantha and have her tell her story, but also I want to go through a big thing that I see as a problem with the realistic expectations of reaching your goals and how to really break bad habits, introduce the new habits, and not go from zero to 100 so fast where it's very hard to sustain. So then the bad cycles of yo-yo dieting start happening, right? So, so yeah, first off, what I'd like to do, Samantha, who the hell are you? <laughs> introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, that's a big question, but I'll do my best to answer it succinctly. Um, so yeah, I am Sam Altier. I live in Boston and I coach in some, some clients in Boston, but also I'm mostly an online coach. Um, my, I guess my specialty would be females looking to lose fat and gain strength um, and just build some confidence and feel good about themselves. Honestly, I'm all about just like feeling like a badass because there's nothing better than that. Um, and part of the reason why I coach is because I had a really great coach um, and I wanted to kind of give back and now help as many people as I can with my own story and experiences and show that, you know, I, as much as I'm a coach, I'm also a human. I make mistakes, I mess up, and just to be relatable and honest with you guys and uh, just show up like as my authentic self to be the best coach I can be. Yeah. I love that. No, no, it's so, so cool that um, you had a mentor that kind of passed it to like inspire you because that's exactly what happened to me. Um, And like, if you asked me four years ago, if I would be doing this now, I'd be like, no, I don't, I mean, I don't know, you know, like it was just passion at the gym, going to the gym and then a a great coach uh, got me to, you know, some goals and like set that forth. And then all of a sudden it was very interesting. And then, you know, your friends probably started asking you, hey, how'd you get the results? And then you're like, oh, let me help you out, you know, whatever. And then just kind of steamrolled, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. The rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history is right. Yeah. So um, how long have you been coaching now? Um, I've been coaching for about two and a half years. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And then you always lived in uh, Boston then? Yeah, I went to, well, I grew up um, closer to like Cape Cod, about an hour south of Boston. Mm-hmm. And then I went to, um, I went to college in Boston. So I moved there and then never really left the area. I'm on the outskirts. I'm in Cambridge for anyone awesome. that's familiar with the area, but um, it's about like 10, 15 minutes away from the city center. And um, I do love it here despite the cold, but I do, <laughs> I do love the character and the history of the city. So yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I, love, I would love to to go over to the East Coast and explore the the culture and the the history behind it all. And probably there's like something going on all the time. There's so much stuff to do, um, and that's what I want to go over one of these days. I'll come over and visit you. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, today habit stuff. Um, great story of like being genuine. Obviously, it sounds like you're more of a relationship based coaching person rather than like. I've talked to a lot of people that are like, yeah, data-driven, which I'm sure you actually have strategies and data-driven stuff. But like with me, it's like super important for the relationship with the client because uh, it sounds like you work with more of a general population of like females, maybe like post-pregnant moms. I mean, people that are like trying to get back into it and get their confidence back, which I yeah. want to do. Um, and how to really like pre-frame their programming because 
we're not going to have to do some crazy progressive overload periodization, crazy optimization of their training rather than like, in my experience, I don't know about you, but like it's the mindset that starts first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think what, what will happen is it starts with the physical results and very, very quickly becomes apparent that you got to change what's up here going on in your head before you can make physical changes. Um, because you know, if you have things that you need to work out mentally, it's going to be really hard to work towards a physical goal if your mental strength is not there or it's not developed. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think going back to what you said about the habits for me, my clients, um, you know, we work a lot on mental strength and that is going to be what ends up translating into a physical transformation. So if you don't have it mentally, it's going to be very, very hard for you to make achievements. And at the end of the day, um, you care more about how you feel than how you look. You know, yeah. if you if you have a six pack but you feel like shit, can I swear? Hopefully, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Turn off all the bones you want. <laughs> yeah, if you have a six pack and you feel like shit, then like it's not going to matter that you have the six pack, right? Nice. So at the end of the day is like what's going on in your brain and how you're talking to yourself and how you're talking to your friends. That's really what matters. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Most people think it's like the picture or the external thing. That's like that initial motivation that maybe strikes. Okay. Start thinking about, I need to make a change. But at the end of the day, that's where like the application process and like understanding the client and, and have them understand you as a coach too. Uh, because like at the end of the day, it's not that we're getting abs. It's like that mental confidence that came from that achievement. But if yeah. like we can like realistically make a, a fit, like a, a, a mental goal set of like, let's make this goal achieve that much mental confidence without having to get shredded six pack abs because it's not make something that's unachievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with you there. It's like so crazy how, People are set on this number on the scale of like how they look with abs or whatever. But at the end of the day, like our health is the center for everything. You know what I mean? Like any sort of relationship, business, career, I mean anything. Yeah. Uh, so I guess kind of like what I want to ask you is what kind of with, with these females and stuff like that, what do you feel like is like the number one, uh, something that you can relate with people who are listening? What is the number one bad habit that seems to come into place or a couple bad habits that they start out with that, they, they talk to you about, and they just don't know really how to go about it. So I would say I would break them into like two categories. You could have like bad mental habits, like, mm -hmm. you know, things that you think about or assumptions that you've made, or just like, you know, you're not informed, so you don't know. Um, and then also like physical habits, like things you do that you want to break the habit of. Um, I think one of the biggest thing that I see and that I've experienced myself too is emotional eating mm. um, and just eating out of, you know, pure enjoyment and to cope with hard situations and rather than, you know, doing something else. And a lot of women, I mean, a lot of people in general, but a lot of the women I work with struggle with that. And it's very, very common to, you know, kind of just like want to use food as a, 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 you know, not like a Band-Aid, but something to temporarily make you feel yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And give you that, you know, immediate satisfaction. And so something, it's just, it's something that is very, very common, but often a lot of people will think that they're, 
it's like only happening to them. So then they feel this extreme guilt and they feel alone and it's like this cycle. And then they eat because they feel sad and then they also eat. So it's like this, and that's where the weight, you know, the weight gain happens. And so breaking out of that cycle is huge. Like when we can start to work towards that, that's, that's incredible. That is definitely one that, that happens, um, emotional eating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I totally agree. Like the emotional aspect of stress or like, you know, whatever's going on in their home lives or, or their work life. Um, definitely I've even had people that are just like suffer from some sort of depression or that maybe they don't understand it, but they are or whatever in the, in the food for me, definitely I am that person of like, I'm going to eat if I want to eat. Like if it's just like an emotional response, impulsive. And so I have to go about myself, you know, creating those strategies to not do that or limit myself in some way. But um, I agree. And I bet you a lot of people listening can agree with that of like late at night, you know, they have something going on. It's usually late at nighttime, right? Like before bed, they just go ham on ice cream, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I I think that the big, um, the big reasons are, probably like, I don't know, list a few, but one nighttime eating for sure. And that's just because they're bored. Um, they've had a stressful day at work or they're going through like relationship problems with their spouse, with their kids, with like people at work and their response is to naturally just want to feel better. And so they eat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, so some like strategies, I guess, for everyone listening. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is like, what do you kind of go about to like help that process of, of transitioning them? Yeah. So I will say that it's, um, it's a long journey. It's not going to be solved like that. And I'm still working on it too. Um, but some things that you can do is first be just self-aware. So observing yourself doing these things, right? So, um, like in yoga or like when you're meditating, you're supposed to kind of like, you know, step outside of yourself and observe your thoughts as if they're not happening to you. They're just happening. Right. And in that regard, like I'll have my clients, either keep like a a notebook of when these moments happen and just kind of jot down like, oh, you know, I went crazy on a thing of ice cream tonight. Like I couldn't control myself, whatever it is. So writing it down um, as it's happening or like as it's about to happen, Mm. that will not only one, make them more aware of their like triggers, but number two, it will help them buy time so that either they don't do it or they don't do it to the degree that they would have done it if they just said, fuck it. Yeah. Um, and that is like a huge, huge thing. It's just like buying yourself time. And that's what I'll, I'll name a few more strategies, but I think that's what will help you break the cycle of responding to emotions with food. So buying yourself time and just getting yourself distracted will help you not want to resort to food and opt for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other things are like giving, you know, someone like your friends or your family, a phone call and going for a walk on the phone, like plugging your headphones and just going for a walk. You're not even going to be thinking about food because you're going to be walking and talking to whoever you're talking to. So it's going to relieve your, your mind of that. Um, you can go read a book. You could scroll through Instagram, you know, like even watching TV, which I don't really do that, but it would, it would be a distraction. So it's more just like bypassing the option of like going to the kitchen and just by default or by habit, opening the bag of chips or opening the freezer for some ice cream or, you know, putting your hand in the cookie jar, like stuff like that, which we all do, but understanding when one, you want it, you're actually craving it. 
and one, oh, it's just a habit. That's just what I do in response to a stress. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it's funny. I don't know if it's ever happened to you before. I don't know how like extensive you've maybe dieted down for a photo shoot or just like yourself or how much weight you lost over time or whatever. Um, but I noticed this even from personal experience is I don't know how many times, like if I'm like in a severe diet or something, I'm doing whatever, right. For physical purposes or whatever. Um, when you're getting lower on calories, you're getting like, you know, your habits will, will come out very strongly uh, and you got to conquer yeah. them and your cravings are going to increase. So it's going to catalyze or you know, it's going to be a catalyst for those bad habits. I don't know how many times I've came home and then during the whole entire day, open the fridge, look in the fridge, like thinking there's going to be something else in there. That's not, you know, like some yeah. pizza and then be like, shit. And then like closing the fridge and then like, you know, an hour later go in and be like wandering around, open the fridge, thinking that's going to be something in there. And yeah. I, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that's ever happened to you, um, but I've, I've seen that where you're in the cupboard of the pantry. You're like, okay, what's like the best healthy, not healthy decision that I can binge out on? But like, and there's nothing in there, right? It's all, right. and so that's one strategy that I use. Like, I don't suggest really a lot of people do, but for myself, it just works by just not having that food in the cupboard or in the, in the fridge at all. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, like exactly. having, the, having the potential of even like grabbing that food choice and um, I can go both ways with my clients. Like some people love that because it's like you just literally cannot do it. And yeah. some people are crazy. But some people it's just like, no, I need more variety. And so I totally understand from like a, if it fits your macros perspective or whatever, a bad approach. But I can't do that because if I do like that jar of almond butter, like one night for some bad reason, it's going to be gone. Like that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I think for that, um, there's like two ways of approaching it. One is... There's people that are all or nothing people, meaning like if they open the container of chips, cookies, whatever, they're going to eat the whole thing, yeah. right? And so that is a very like typical thing. Then there's also people who have practiced this over and over and over again and practice moderation. So they know, okay, I can open the thing of cookies and I can just have one or two, whatever, and then be done. Um, and my goal is to get everyone I work with to get to the point where they can just practice things in moderation. Mm -hmm. Now there's going mental to be strength, food. a lot more mental strength there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because if you're disciplined with your food and drink, you can literally do anything. Cause it's the hardest, I think out of anything that we go through, it is the hardest thing to be dis disciplined about uh, because it uses so many senses, right? Like you're using your smell, taste, touch. You can even hear it sometimes, you know, it's like, there's a lot going on and so you're like talking to yourself too and like convincing yeah. yourself yeah. and all this shit exactly. <laughs> exactly so if you can master your diet and your nutrition then you can probably tackle any challenge that comes your way mm -hmm. um but there's definitely some foods that are really really hard to eat in moderation and that's usually like highly palatable foods right like that contain salt fat and sugar um, and so for me, I'm actually working with my own coach for me, that like weakness food is granola. Like I tried, I've been trying to eat granola in moderation and I'll be really good. Like I've only have a serving or like I'll, I'll weigh it out so I don't go crazy. Then one day it'll just be like, fuck it. And I'll just crush the bag of granola. And it, like granola is a pretty high calorie food. Oh yeah. And for me, like I'm a little five foot two five foot one person like 
calories mean something because I'm a small person to begin with. So I can't, you know, I mean, I can afford that. Sure. But I don't want that because I don't feel good after. So learning how to tolerate, like to bring those foods slowly into your kitchen and to start practicing working on that moderation. Like it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be something that you're going to have to tackle and be really aware of and set up rules for yourself so that you don't fall into the oh my God, I just binge ate a whole thing of granola for me. You know, that's, that's my thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, would you, would you say that with your clients or how you go about like building this mental strength and, and being able to do that, would you go from, excuse me, um, going and eliminating all those food choices in the beginning and then slowly adding them in? Or would you have them there still and then slowly eliminate them over time? Does that make sense? Like which Yeah, it does. Um, I think to start, I would say throw all that shit away because it's not going to provide you any value. And if you already have obstacles in your kitchen and you're already trying to lose weight, like let's get rid of all the obstacles and then reintroduce those foods. So I have some clients that like, you know, they couldn't have anything like that in the house because they would eat it. And if they knew it was in their cupboard, no matter how far out of reach it was or how inconvenient it was, they'd like climb counters and get that stuff. If you know it's there, you're going to go for it. It's just yeah. like, you know, humans. Um, so, so I'm like, okay, throw that shit away because you already bought it, right? It's like you've already spent the money, whether you consume it as calories or whether it goes in the trash or you like donate it to someone, you know, give it, give it away to your friend it's better off not being consumed for your own mental state. Right. So start in a place where you're not, you don't have temptations as, as many temptations. Right. And your environment will help you dictate your success. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, that's why like, it's so huge for me of that's why I do that elimination uh, is because I'm just a person of like, if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to eat it. So I know that if I go to store, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I don't even know. I'll, I'm going to get this today, this huge like, pint of ice cream or whatever. Like just, you know, have a little bit here and there throughout the week. No, no, no. I'm going to go and grab that thing. I'm probably going to finish it the first night or whatever, but I'm, I'm going to make sure that I eat all of it. It's not going to be like half gone. Yeah. It's like I paid for it and then you always at the back of your head, well, other people don't even have food, so I'm going to eat it, obviously. So there's mm-hmm. like two different avenues, like paying the money and also like the other people that may not be as uh, fortunate as you are. So might as well just, I, like, I have the same approach. I like what you're saying about eliminating it all and then slowly reintroducing. And so do you go with like reintroducing as a, as a whole and like a macro approach of like putting those in there? Or do you go for like, okay, let's keep it all eliminated, but then like put in like a cheat meal a week or like two cheat meals a week incorporating different foods. Does that make sense? Or do you go yeah, like straight from you know, a strict thing and then just adding as their diet as a whole throughout the week, like adding in these sprinkles of extra macros. Yeah. So I don't like calling foods cheat or treat or any of that stuff. Um, solely because when I first started losing weight, like I ate super clean and then I would binge eat like absolute garbage. And so I saw those not like, I saw anything that wasn't like grilled chicken breast, broccoli and sweet potato as being like, hell you know which is obviously not how fucking food works but whatever that's just what i was conditioned to think when i was naive and just didn't know right like you don't when you don't know you don't know so after after a while obviously including some food like foods that i like in moderation like that's great like i can i had a bagel the other day and did i feel bad about it no it was great like now i don't have to want a bagel this week you know like Mm -hmm. i did it so 
usually the strategy I use with my clients is a calorie cycling. So they have like higher calorie days, lower calorie days. And I find that that's really helpful for my clients because one, it gives them flexibility. And if someone feels like they have flexibility and ownership of their diet, it's going to make them a lot less stressed, which obviously, as we know, stress, when you're stressed, you have a lot higher cortisol levels, which means you're going to hold on to fat. Like your body's not going to want to lose fat. So reduce stress and also just easier like social situations. So if you're going out with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your family, friends, you, you want to drink, like you can do that, you know, as long as you're consistently hitting your calories and your protein, you know, within the week, then you're good. Um, and I find that that's a really good approach, whether you align your higher calorie days with weekends or with your training days, like if you have heavier, lower body days or however you want to do it, I'll give them, I'll give them flexibility, mm-hmm. um, depending on, you know, what their schedule is like, what they know their current habits are. Like if they really enjoy like their, their Asian takeout with their boyfriend on Saturday, that's one of my clients. She's like, I can't give that up. Like, that's my thing. I'm like, that's fine. We will make your high calorie day Saturday to accommodate that because that break, you know, that's like something that bonds her and her boyfriend and there's, you don't need to give that up because there's no need to. So if you're practicing, you know, eating a little bit lower calorie throughout the week to have those moments of like, wow, this is great. Like I can still enjoy this and still work hard, you know, then it's, it's just being strategic for you. And that will, that will change. I think client to client with how old they are, their lifestyle, how active they are, mm-hmm. their trends, mm-hmm. their past dieting history. But yeah. Yeah. And I was actually, it's funny you're saying this because I literally, before we got on here, I was watching through your story today and yeah. you were pretty much relating it the same thing. Um, it's like, it's going to be different for every single person that's, you know, going through their journey, whether it's like, for example, we work with, or I've worked with like CNAs, which do not have a break for like 12 hours straight or whatever. They're going to have to be different than somebody who's working at home and they have flexibility of whatever. But I really like what you're saying about empowering the person to take ownership over them doing it rather than you just giving them a tool and then like saying, Hey, if you don't do this, like the hell's going to break loose. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so doing the calorie cycling, I like that. I like going, there's two different ways because depending on the client, obviously, like you're saying, but yeah. um, higher calorie days, I like that. And, and more people are like lifestyle, like flexible and they like to go out and eat a lot. Um, and then there's like obviously people that are just like, no, I need more structure. I need more like, I don't want to, because that's kind of how I am in a sense because I don't like spending a shit ton of time like thinking about and tracking things and like thinking about my strategy. I'd yeah. rather just like, all right, we just plan this out and then I'm just going to eat this. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's different. Um, but I'd say that, uh, if you are that person that's like wanting to be more flexible, kudos, like that's badass. but just know, like you, you can't just like, okay, so now I'm, I'm set loose. It's like, obviously you have to set boundaries and like, you know, plan out of right. recycling of like how you're going to track stuff because obviously it takes time to, pull out or pull out a cup measurements or list that another thing to measure the stuff or kind of eyeball it at the restaurants and stuff like that. It takes time to obviously plug it in your app and stuff like that. But that like a minute or less of doing that will create like way better effects than you eating a, a crap ton and then you're a week behind because you didn't do it correctly that week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
So, you know, I like that a lot. That's, that's some sweet. people, their calorie cycling, and that's, this is okay because you learn from it. We'll do, we'll start with calorie cycling if that's what they want to do. Um, and then what they find out is they just eat a high calorie day every day. And like, you can't, no, that's, you can't do that because then you're not dieting as much as you need to. So then was like, okay, we're going to get you back to a single digit, you know, uh, that, that number is going to be the same every day. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do too, is I don't give like a certain number. I'll give a range. And that also gives them a little bit more, um, I would say not flexibility, but more just like less chances to feel like they fucked up. Because yeah. if I give a, a calorie number, like if I'm like, okay, you know what? You have to eat, eat 1800 calories a day, right? And if they eat 1800 and 40 calories, they're going to lose their shit, feel like they messed up. And then what are they going to do the next day? They're going to eat 4,000 calories yeah. because they feel like a failure, right? 40 4, calories. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 40 calories in the scheme of things is really nothing, right? It, like in long-term strategy, we're talking yeah. lifestyle. We're not trying to like yeah. shed 20 pounds in a week. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but you know, people have those expectations. So I'm just trying to make it real. But mm-hmm. if you give them a range, so if I say, okay, I want you to eat between 1750 and 1850, obviously the middle being 1800, then they have some wiggle room. So mm-hmm. some days maybe they're in the high 1700s. Maybe some days they're in even like the low 1900s. Some days they're in the low 1700s, but their average is about 1800. And so they feel like, okay, there's not this strict rigidity. I still have rules but there's a little bit of built-in flexibility so that I don't feel like I just let the ball drop and like totally screwed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I like that because the more precision that's um, required, the harder it is for the person to obviously achieve it. And obviously somebody out, somebody that's starting with a little lower self-confidence or lower like expectations of thinking they can do it. Um, before they start a program, so before they start losing weight, usually people are like in that, uh, I don't know if I can do this. And then once they lose their first couple of pounds and they're like, okay, now the ball starts rolling and they can stick to it a little easier. Um, but so, you know, habits, eliminating the foods, reincorporating them, calorie cycling, making some ranges. I love these strategies. Um, do you have your clients track on some sort of app or something like that? Yeah, I have an app that I use with my clients. Okay, cool. And yeah. so how do you teach them or like, cause a lot of people listening are probably like, okay, I've seen some of these apps out there. I really don't know how to work them. I don't know what that's about. So obviously like we won't get into like what macros are and calories are and stuff like that, but to like kind of introduce them to the idea of tracking your food, like how do you go about that? So what I'll do is, um, the, the app that I use with them is my fitness pal. And that's just because that's what I started using. Like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I really like it because it's pretty simple and it has almost every food you could ever think of in the database. Um, Anything from like Chipotle's burrito bowl with like custom added guac to, you know, almond milk with, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) maybe. Um, But like there's everything in there and almost always, if you can't find exactly what there is, it'll be a pretty close comparable. And there's also a way to scan barcodes of foods that have a barcode on it. So 
Like, for example, I just did this yesterday. I bought some chicken sausages. I'm like really into chicken sausages right now. I don't know why I'm just going through a phase, but um, I had never had this brand before. So rather than typing it in, I just scanned the barcode and bam, it's in my, my um, calories for the day. It's got all the, the breakdown of all of the macronutrients and micronutrients and I don't have to do a thing. And it took me maybe... 15 seconds to do. It was not inconvenient or annoying. I just did it and moved on. Um, so for me, like eliminating like a difficult interface or an inconvenience or just like added time and stress that if that, if those barriers keep popping up, clients will be a lot less likely to do it. Right, so the yeah. easier you can make something, um, the, the more adherent that they'll be. Yeah, exactly. And that's the cool part now is they're incorporating those barcode scanners or barcode scanners. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. But uh, that's helping that process because I see that that's where the disconnect is now. Of Now that like flexible dieting stuff is becoming a little like, obviously more mainstream and all that stuff and they're having these apps for um, being able to track a lot of stuff, which is super helpful instead of typing in every single food on Google and trying to figure out the nutrition. Yeah. So it's really cool, and the the, the, the barcode scanners um, allow you to like, like you said, fifteen seconds. It's exactly what it is. You don't have to type anything in, and it adds it to your total count. So yeah. for people who are like maybe worried or listening that are worried about learning how to track the stuff, like not only is it super simple that you could probably learn it in five minutes, but I'm sure that my fitness pal and other platforms like my own app, they have even video tutorials now that like lay out, or if you type it on YouTube. I mean, like yeah. there's a bunch of resources out there that you take, you spend like five minutes and then you'll have, uh, you'll understand it because it's super simple. I mean, all you're doing is just adding things to a list and then it's creating everything for you. But the, the significance, like I'm, why I'm bringing this up is because that right there is so, 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 so important to like follow the strategies of what uh, Samantha is talking about. Right. Most people want to think about, I got to do like all this crazy training and nutrition like manipulation all stuff to lose this weight but in reality it's like usually just that simple thing out here that if yeah. you do that that's going to give you the results faster and, and more uh, efficiently consistently and all that kind of stuff right yeah i think too going just a little bit farther into the tracking thing a lot of clients don't want to always track food because well it's easier to not um but that's usually why they're not reaching their goals because they're not actually aware of how many calories they're eating. Like they'll tell me they're eating 15, 16, 1700 calories. Right. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to track calories first month. Right. And I'm like, include everything, condiments, alcohol, beverages, the sugar you add in your coffee. If you do, you know, all this stuff. And then what do I see if they're honest? Right probably five to 800 calories over what they thought. And I think that's like totally normal for us to um, underestimate how much we eat and overestimate our, you know, our calories burned through exercise or activity level. Mm-hmm. That's just because we like to think that we're like, you know, better than we are. It's just like part yeah, of yeah, exactly. nature, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but like at the end of the day, tracking just, it just keeps you honest with yourself because it's really easy to be like, Oh, I had some cheese. Oop, I had a bite of my kid's meal. Oop, I had a bite of that protein bar before my workout. It's like, yeah, those those calories don't seem like that huge. But if you add that up, if you do that every day and you add that up over the course of the week, 
that's a thousand, two thousand calories that you're eating that are gonna, you know, be maybe the reason why your fat loss isn't happening, or maybe be the reason why your fat loss is happening a lot slower than you want it to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so it's just it's just making you more aware of really what's going on and not blaming like external circumstances. It's just Mm -hmm. like owning up to it. Exactly. And I think the cool part is, is once you can kind of come to compromise with like understanding that, okay, I need to track this, whatever I'm eating, no matter what, then, so that's what happened like with me. Like if I just started going more, just a flexible approach and stuff, I won't even want to eat as much because I, then I know I have to freaking track it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's like human psychology. Like yeah. it's there, you know, this is there for a reason. It's like, if I had one of my clients do a, um, a food photo diary, because oh, I didn't yeah. want to track the calories in the app. And I was like, okay, let's do, let's do photos. So like, okay. And she, it's funny because she was so used to eating. I forget. I think it was like um, a half of like a chocolate bar or something after lunch. And then she was about to take the photo. And she's like, fuck, I don't want to send this to Sam. So then she didn't eat it. And it was solely because she was accountable to me. And so like knowing that I'm going to, look at calories or like look at food logs for my clients and just like give them some strategies gives you that extra layer of accountability that's Mm going to help you make progress. Mm -hmm. So the huge, you know, another huge thing obviously is being accountable to something other than yourself just because it's easy to let ourselves down. It's yeah, (laughs) no, hundred percent. It's super easy now. And it's like not being good enough or all that kind of stuff. And that's what I use. Like what you just said about the pit, the food, uh, uh, diary, um, yeah. pictures and stuff. I like that. I've used it only had to use it a couple times now, but you can tell, especially with like, if they're a little bit like on a flexible schedule on their check-in times, which I'm like, not. I don't like that. Like it needs to be that check-in stuff needs to be pretty structured with me. Uh, yeah. but you can tell, like, uh, I did that once where I was like, okay, show me your logs and they show me their logs, but they could like easily in five seconds delete that one thing. And, or I'm like, okay, start sending me pictures and then they can like, you know, obviously not send a picture of them eating it, but yeah. it's like the amount of <laughs> going again, like trying to cheat the system of like you ate something and you're supposed to take a picture of it. And you're like thinking about it in your head. You're like, man, I, I'm not leaving. <laughs> but I know yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, I would I'm have, guilty about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the amount of like to really go back to that level of things usually isn't common. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And like, cause I don't like to, but sometimes when you're like, all right, well, this isn't happening. I see that your macros are this way. I mean, I'll start like just throwing out questions and seeing what's really going on, but also like, all right, well, I mean, obviously you want to reach your goals, right? Like, yeah, like, well, to do that in this time frame that we're kind of shooting for, I'm going to have to narrow down your food choices. And then I'll give them, <laughs> I learned this from one of my mentors that's a prep coach, but he's like, give them foods that they don't like. <laughs> he's like, he's like, because then they're not going to want to eat them. And then they're going to be, they're going to be like, shit, I got to eat cauliflower. And then they're going to be like, okay, hold on a second. Wait, no, I, I ate this, this, and this, and they'll like come clean. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just so funny. But, uh, but yeah, be honest with yourself. That's what we're trying to say. People listening is like, be honest with yourself and make it a habit. Translate that bad habit of just like going ham on bad stuff and understand that the faster you can create that new good habit of tracking, the faster you can go back to having those foods in the bad habit realm. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, just including the including the things you like that you thought weren't possible to eat on your diet. You can include them. It's just a matter of building up enough of like um, what I like to call like a, ba- a calorie bank account, right? Where yeah. you're doing it for long enough where you can start to afford some of that stuff more because you're closer to your goal and it's okay. Like the end of the day, I mean, at least for most of my clients, like we're trying to build habits and it's just like a lifestyle thing, right? Like I don't work with anyone for like prep or any like anything like that just because that's not what I want to do. Um, I want to help people build habits that they're going to maintain in the long term. And so if they can nail down those habits now, then when they're 60, when they're, you know, however old they are, they're going to be like, oh, well, I just got to do this. Like I, they don't even think about it. And there's a lot less conscious effort to get them the results because it's just part of their day. It's like when you, when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, you don't think about that. It's exactly. just like, it's a thing. Unless you don't do it, then yeah, you're like, oh, really messed up in the head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you don't even give a conscious thought anymore. And it's just, cause it's just a habit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, like with tracking, uh, I've gone through periods of not tracking just to see how it goes. I actually don't like it. I like knowing when I'm eating because I tend to do the same thing. I tend to be like, oh, I ate whatever this today. And then if I write it down after, I'm like, oh my God, I like totally ate twice as much food as I thought I did <laughs> because I'm just, I like food. I don't know. Yeah. So I'll, what I'll do typically is the night before, I'll just enter my food for the day um, or at least before I eat the meal because it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. And the next thing you know, you're like, wow, that meal was a thousand calories. Oops. So, you know, like prepping yourself to set yourself up for success is, is the way to go. Just like planning it out. Um, and whatever that means for anyone, but a a lot of my clients, myself included, I like to do it the day before because you're not hungry at that point. You know, like you're not about to eat the meal. It's, it's just like you input it and you know exactly what you're going to do. If you have that game plan laid out in front of you, you're a lot more likely to follow it and not have to make a decision when you're hungry and vulnerable. Exactly. So that for me is the key. It's like, you don't go to the grocery store hungry because you come home with a $250 bill and a bunch of shit you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you don't want to go into the kitchen starving because you're going to eat the whole fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so making the game plan for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's funny how like those simple tiny tweaks, change the whole entire game like it's just so simple and it's that's what you know obviously we're trying to give to people is like how simple it can be if you just like buy into like just following this simple strategy um yeah. but but no i know i know you got to get out of here um but i want to do like real little recap so first off um habits well, we went through habits and you know eliminating all just throw that shit out just all the candy all the free, it's halloween throw that shit out like just get rid of it don't even give yourself an opportunity to let yourself down right yeah or bring it to like a food pantry or something like whatever just don't leave it in your home <laughs> exactly and then with that and like obviously then you'll have time to like uh reintroduce those foods probably rather, sooner rather than later like sooner than you think that you'll be able to and then you start enjoying you know having a piece of pie or whatever with your family they're going out like you said your client with the asian takeout or whatever she's uh, she has yeah. Um, and yeah, so then like the second thing, um, was the habit tracking tracking. Yeah, no, that was the third thing. Tracking was the third thing. Um, and then, so like with the app stuff though, um, mm-hmm. super important to like, don't get like, uh, have anxiety about like, Oh gosh, I'm not going to know how to do this stuff. Like yeah. it's super simple. Start making right. a habit. Um, because and hitting the calories. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, the calories. Yeah, strategy yeah. with the calories. So yeah, like, track your calories. Then once you have that down, don't make yourself so like precise. Like I gotta hit this exact amount. Otherwise, it's just a a, uh, a formula to fail uh, because you're you're being hard on yourself. Like don't freaking put yourself in a position to fail because uh, obviously at the end of the day, like we're trying to make ourselves happy, right? So yeah. put those. I like the real. I really like the ones where you said the ranges and then like. Planning out, like you're saying, of like the weekends or like your social person, so you go out and you have a couple of drinks or whatever this and that. Totally cool. Just plan it out and like think about the ranges to hit. So at the end of the week, you're still in that deficit that you are wanting, right? Yeah, exactly. Other than that, do you have anything else, Samantha? Do you have any like advice or anything before you get off here? Um, I think the biggest advice is to just like chill out, like chill the fuck out. Like it's, it's <laughs> literally. I think a lot of us get super stressed out about trying to lose weight or change their bodies or like get in the best shape of their life. And it's important, right? Like it's great to feel good and to be healthy. And I want that for everyone, but also you don't want to do that at the expense of your like mental health, right? Um, you, it should be enjoyed. And this is like a lifestyle thing. Like you're not going to go from being a hundred pounds overweight to having abs. Like, like that, you know? And so understanding that there's a timeline and just getting real with yourself, having a coach um, to help you through those times because it's going to be okay. Uh, and just, you know, lighten up a little bit. And I think the only, the only other thing is like, if you mess up, this is what I've learned from one of my coaches is like, if you mess up, just get back on track. Like it's, you literally can't fuck up unless you quit and say fuck it and just don't try again. Yeah. So, don't do a bunch of cardio. Don't start yourself the next day. Just yeah. And I've gone through all of that. Like I've done that. I've been like, I'm not going to eat anything bad. Like what does that even No, Just reset, you know, like go to sleep, wake up and be determined to do better. Um, and you will succeed. Like this is a lifetime journey. You're never going to arrive at a destination. It's more just about like getting to a place where you're constantly bettering yourself um, and finding a group of people or a coach or whoever that can help you, you know, help you and support you in those goals. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. I love it. I absolutely loved having you on Samantha. You brought yeah. a lot of information. I think it's going to relate with a lot of people. Um, so yeah, again, thank you so much for hopping on here. Yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. It's been so fun. <laughs> yeah. So what I'll do is I'll put all of her IG and email and everything in the description um, so you can contact her if you have any more questions. Uh, also, I'll put my stuff in there too so you can contact me. But other than yeah. that, um, thank you again, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> enjoy sunny and warm Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you enjoy I don't know how cold is it there. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm scared. I have to go outside soon. So I'm going to put on a few jackets. <laughs> yeah. Do enjoy it if you're going to the gym or whatever you have the rest of your evening, but um, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>